Hello, and welcome to episode nine of the Physique Development Podcast, a podcast bringing you structured Q&As, deep dives on single topics, inside looks at our team, and more. Today's episode is a more free-flowing episode discussing topics we have messed up in the past and ultimately learned from throughout our fitness journeys. Topics that include learning that you need a break from dieting, training without purpose, worrying about making everything macro-friendly, to obscene amounts of training volume, writing and performing redundant training programs, and the all-famous drinking a half gallon of chocolate milk, 16-ounce container of cottage cheese, and tuna every single night. And if we're lucky, Alex and Sue may even review Michael Scott's 10 Rules of Business. So <laughs> stay tuned for that. As always, it's our goal not only to supply you, the listener, with valuable insights on topics or questions, but also plant some seeds for further research and thought. So without further ado, let's get into today's episode, and we're going to start with Sue. So you have the floor. Perfect. Well, I wanted to introduce the who asked this question, as we do want the listeners more involved and you guys to be able to hear the questions that you're asking about. So this uh, podcast topic came from someone named Maddie, um, and she basically just said, each one of you pick a piece of fitness or nutrition advice or something that you've done in the past and kind of ask yourself, what the F was I doing? Um, or your most outlandish advice that you were told what that information was and why it wasn't helpful. So she really just talked about how it would be fun to hear from such smart people that had made those silly mistakes in the beginning of their fitness journey, like so many of you guys listening um, and other people and don't know that they have yet. So um, just kind of being able to go through that, um, I thought was a great idea. So thank you for the suggestion, Maddie. So getting into this, some of the stupid mistakes like Austin mentioned was not realizing that I needed a break from dieting. Um, it was something that when I first my view of fitness and my understanding of health and wellness before I got certified before I basically just completely buried myself with all fitness information was so minimal. I basically just thought that you you go through a diet and you lose the weight and it stays off for forever. You never gain a weight a pound back if you do it correctly. Um, and basically, I never had heard of reverse dieting. I didn't understand what it was. Um, and I basically was just like, oh, I lower food, I diet. And then I guess I just never thought what to do after dieting. I was just like, I'm my, my only thought right now is getting through the diet. Um, and then another one was just training without purpose. And I'm going to talk through these a little bit more in depth. Um, and just going in there. And I know Austin and Alex are going to touch on this when they talk about just obscene amounts of volume. But looking back at some of the training sessions I was doing, I was just focusing on what left me sore, um, what made me tired, um, what made me feel like I obliterated a muscle group. I really had no rhyme or reason as to why I was doing something or the correct form on something. Um, and then I also tried to make all of my food macro friendly, which someone with gut issues in general, then trying to make everything macro friendly um, was quite a disaster. <laughs> getting into um, dieting. So what I started off is that I would just go on these quick diets and I would never have a plan for afterwards. So if you've ever done this, know that you are 100% not alone here. So I don't know if anyone has ever heard of the military diet. I do not suggest it at all. But being a college student and gaining some weight to begin with, just because I'd never had that kind of freedom within food, my parents always made and bought the food 
And so I was never in charge of buying and eating and preparing all of my food before. Um, it put me in this place of gaining some weight. I was drinking a lot of alcohol at that point. And so I was like, okay, well, there's a formal coming up for a fraternity. Um, the ones that you go away for the weekend and you're on a beach. So I was like, Oh, I got to lose some weight to be able to, to look good on the beach. And this military diet is basically like a three day diet. And it says you can lose like 10 plus pounds. And you might be listening and be like, Oh, I'll do a diet for three days to lose 10 pounds. Sue, I'll disregard what you just said about not recommending it. But again, I cannot reiterate enough. It's not a good thing to do or to lose weight that fast. Um, so it was something that you basically ate like grapefruit and boiled eggs, but you also got hot dogs and ice cream. It was so weird. But all I understood was that if I did it, I was going to lose weight. Um, and I would lose weight. And there are times where I've like put side by sides during that time frame where I was like, oh, man, I did it. I'm so proud of myself. And then I would come back from formal and be bloated, uncomfortable, not happy in my body and kind of wondering like what just happened. I thought I just lost this weight. Um, and so it was kind of going between gaining and losing the same five to 10 pounds because I didn't have a plan in place and because I didn't properly understand food. Um, and that goes hand in hand with kind of another thing is that I only focused on calories and being macro friendly. Once I learned about macros, my whole brain exploded. It was basically like, oh my gosh, I can eat ice cream and lose weight because I always demonized those foods. My parents never did that growing up. So I'm happy to have that relationship with food where they never were like, oh, those, that, those M&Ms or that ice cream, that's bad for you. We only have that every once in a while. They never ingrained that in my head, which again, extremely thankful for. But it put me in this place that I just assumed because the people that I saw eating healthy at that time had no flexibility. No, They were very rigid and they all ate food that I thought was gross. So I was like, I guess if I'm going to be healthy, I have to, if I'm going to be fit, I have to eat those foods. Um, so it was uh, when I found out about macros, it was like my brain exploded. And these two guys as well, if you go back on <laughs> Physique Development's YouTube channel, I have a treat for you. So if you go back to the original post on that channel, it is Alex and Austin just doing complete dumbassery, basically, and I love it. Um, and you get to see a lot more of their personalities which is goofy as well. And both of them are beardless or have very small beards. So it's very <laughs> odd to see that. Yeah. Um, there's also oh some exercises <laughs> with that. Um, but they used to do a full day of eatings and they were living in different areas. So they would both film and then edit it together. Um, and some of the foods on that were, were quite interesting. Just having basically, I mean, Alex, you can go ahead and say some of your meals um, for what you ate on some of those days. And Austin can chime in too, because I know we all made this mistake starting off. Yeah. I mean, with, at that point we had I, digging even further back prior to even what Sue is speaking on is that uh, all this really started for myself around the age of like 13 or 14, really of, of, taking all this on and getting into like muscular development at the time. And for me, I was extremely small comparatively to the friends that I had and um, the sports that I was playing. Uh, I played baseball and football throughout high school and then baseball into college. But regardless, I was very small. I, I remember very vividly as a freshman in high school, 
I would lie. We, we had to put our weight before and after practice um, on a sheet to make sure that we weren't losing too much weight during two days. Um, and I would lie my ass off there because I didn't want my friends to know how little I actually weighed. So I would add like 20 pounds like they couldn't tell I didn't have that 20 pounds actually <laughs> on me. Um, and I'm pretty sure that the uh, athletic trainer that was working there when he would review those probably just laughed to himself every time he saw the numbers that I put in. Um, but regardless, my uh, like eating habits at that time were essentially just eating literally everything that I, I possibly could. Um, and I didn't necessarily understand anything but calories at that point. And it was just a matter of like getting to that calorie marker. Thus, it was a lot of um, like mass gainer shakes. And then also like what Austin brought up at the beginning where I would drink a half gallon of chocolate milk because that was extremely calorically dense. And then also a uh, like a small container that there's like two varying sizes of um, of cottage cheese, the smaller one, the 16 ounce one, uh, if you can even consider that small, I would put <laughs> two of the like, uh, either cans of tuna or the packets of tuna in the cottage cheese. And I would eat that all at like right before bed. And I knew the reason I started it was because my weight was skyrocketing in the morning. Shocker. I was having like a gajillion calories right before I went to bed and not going to the bathroom before I got on the scale because I knew it would influence the scale going up. So I kept with that in the hopes that the, every pound that was showing I was increasing was muscle. It, in my mind, that is what was transpiring. Um, and then what Sue is, is speaking on within the nutrition aspect of things is that at the time, Austin and I were extremely IIFYM. Um, and it was all about making things as fun as possible. Both of us were extremely active at the time. Um, myself playing baseball, Austin working three jobs at the time plus school. Um, and I, I was doing some odds and ends things, but mostly it was baseball and school for me and working out far too frequently. <laughs> but we were able to both be eating you know, 600 carbs on, on a regular basis, something along those lines. Thus, a lot of candy, cereal, um, ice cream could be ingested. And more so, we would hoard for the evenings to have these like two, 300 carb ice cream bowls. And that was some of the things that we showcased as well as having, you know, 120 grams of carbs of, of sugar candy, like right before we went into the gym, which is also ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. I think the badge of honor we had, honestly, was one of the most, it's one of the most comical things to, to look back on. Like, yeah, I, I don't know, just like the badge we wore, or I know I did, like you wore it around, like you're a child with like, that sheriff's badge, you know, you get as a kid that you're just wearing it around your house, like strutting yeah. your stuff, wearing your Ninja Turtle underwear and cowboy boots and nothing else. But um, there are some photos of that as well in, in my mom's house. So <laughs> treat for anyone who ever comes over there. It's a little bit there. too specific to not have a photo that went along with it. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think it's funny, like just the badge of honor we, we held towards, you know, how much if we break it down, like, how much nonsensical processed food could we eat in a day and call it healthy, uh, healthy in, in general, like call it like staying in shape. And like, I know when I got into prep and stuff, um, you know, I was going through those, like pretty much every prep, but up, up to the last one, it was like this, it was this badge of honor of like, you know, making it to the pro stage and, and whatever else, like on, on 
chicken breast pop tarts and protein shakes and you know ice cream and it's like you know i can't imagine if i took blood work or my internal health like probably genetically maybe it was fine but like not a healthy way to go about doing anything um you know i i felt i didn't there was i looking back like i didn't i wasn't sleeping well i i don't think i felt very good um, I was also running on like a thousand milligrams of caffeine at that time. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, I doubt I had any energy whatsoever, um, without like catecholamines or, or, um, like cortisol or, or something like that, or, or caffeine. Um, so, you know, it's one of those things that's really funny to look back on, but yeah, we had a, just an asinine diet and it was this sense of like, yeah, this is proving it to the man. We're sticking it to the man. We're sticking it to these salad heads where, you know, they're just they're eating all healthy and we can just eat whatever. And we can go by Dairy Queen after our lift, get a blizzard, you know, that was conveniently right across the street from the gym. Right. Um, and yeah, just, just stupid at behavior, honestly, it is funny to look back on. Um, so if you guys want to laugh, uh, go to our old YouTube videos, but man, that is, uh, that is something. And just to add some of my things like nutritionally, um, you know, I, I was a bigger, I was never like, I wasn't big, but I was like, a always a little bit more on the, on the muscular side when I was younger. And I didn't necessarily have to like eat and eat and eat. My mom fed me like a, like a horse. I realized that now when I look back, um, you know, very, just very dense and, and just like, just fed, fed me like a horse breakfast, lunch and lunch and dinner. Um, cause you know, growing up in a, a coach's house, you have, um, or a coach's family rather like you have, you know, the, the head coach, you have your, my grandfather's a coach and like, you have all these, uh, people saying like, you know, feed them, feed them, feed them, get food in them. You know, he's got to, he's got to bulk up. And that led me to be like, you know, 185 pounds as a freshman or something. And it was just like this ridiculous, um, this ridiculousness, honestly. Um, but yeah, I never had to like force feed myself like, like Alex did, but there was definitely some times like during prep where, um, you know, some of my first preps where I, I thought like a cliff bar was a cheat meal. Like I, I remember like vividly going through, um, this was preparing for my first, first show, I want to say. Um, and I remember standing in my kitchen, I was li living with my brother at the time. I was standing in my kitchen and I had this cliff bar that was like just sitting there from like the holidays or something. And I was preparing my, my meal of like, you know, I forget what it was like chicken or like fish or, and rice and like, you know, some steamed veggies. And I was like, ah. so I, I kind of scanned the, the cliff bar and I was like, I could technically have this and it could fit in my macros. Um, and then I, so I ate it and I was like, at, right after I ate it, I was like, all right, I swear at this point, moving forward, I was like four weeks out or something moving forward. I promised myself, I'm never going to have a cheat meal again. Like I'm not going to cheat on my diet again. And it was just like those, that behavior, like absolutely was, were things that we did. And, and I know that I did, um, even through those preps where I even understood macros, I understood things like that, but you don't quite understand the nuances at the time in the beginning. Right. So you're so one-minded and fixed on these things and, you know, any deviation is like this far out thing. And so that's something funny to me. I used to not salt my chicken because I thought it made it more hardcore. I thought it was healthier yeah. <laughs> that I wasn't taking in sodium. Like I wouldn't, I remember, uh, you know, who I was dating at the time was like, I, I just became this like 
as soon as I tracked and like saw the progress, I just became this like machine in my head. And I was like, you know, I'm, I'm going to track macros the rest of my life. Never going to deviate. I don't care what you say. Um, and like, I, 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 she's like, why don't you just salt it? Like, cause I'm like, oh, it's kind of bland. And then I was like, no, nah, I'm going to eat it. And she's like, just put some salt and pepper on it. And it's like, no, no, can't do that. Um, <laughs> that's, that's wrong. You know, this is more hardcore. This is the way you're supposed to do it. And so, yeah, I mean, we all, we all went through crazy shit like that. Um, and just had asinine behavior essentially in the beginning. Uh, but you learn from it. So, yeah. And to, to reference, Austin speaks on being 185 pounds as a freshman. I was a little under 120 pounds as a freshman, just to give you a <laughs> reference point. Um, Austin, and I went to high school together. He's a year older than I am. Um, so just to give you insight there and, um, in that time frame as well, I was, uh, speaking on nutritionally, I would have, I would bring my lunchbox to school and we had seven, I think seven periods of, of classes. And I would have a, I would have a different meal for all of those classes that I would eat while I was sitting in class. Did I ever finish any of the food? No, there was literally no way I was eating literally all day. Um, so I would eat like three, four, sometimes I would finish the meals, but my mom, my mom is a saint. She may be listening to this. Um, she would make the, the meals for me. So I would have peanut butter and jellies. Uh, so I'd have like three of those for some of the, some of the classes, some meals would be like ramen noodles and chicken. And at that time, um, I did not connect the dots that ramen noodles had the sodium. I mean, the plethora of sodium in them. I'd probably have like four or five packs per day, but I wouldn't salt my chicken because that was, you know, more hardcore, but didn't connect the dots <laughs> on the, uh, the sodium that was already in the, the ramen, which basically saved, I guess, the flavor, um, of that chicken. Yeah. And I, I love that, Austin, you mentioned kind of sticking it to the man when it came to being able to be so crazy with food. And that's a, a point that I wanted to make here was that I think I was trying to prove that fitness wasn't as boring as I thought it was when I first started, because the only people I knew in my life that were super fit and super into health well, like I said, we're eating food that I did not like and we're doing excessive amounts of work that I didn't like either. Like a lot of runners in my life that I was just like, again, nothing against running, just not my jam. And so I was proving to myself that like, hey, fitness doesn't have to be boring. It doesn't have to be this tasteless chicken and vegetables. It can be ice cream and a protein shake. Um, so I was proving to myself that I could do it. And then I feel like I was constantly trying to make health and fitness more attractive to other people because I felt like I had just found, I had just discovered gold. I had just figured out the answer to everything because I could eat cookie crisp and still get shredded. Um, but it was something that I was constantly trying to be like, no, health isn't boring. You don't just have to eat chicken and rice, even though that's like the majority of what I eat now, just because I first want to optimize my internal health, but second, I've actually found how to season and eat food that I enjoy and it not just being a tasteless chicken breast. Um, and that's, that's the big thing that I wanted to talk about is being able to find the food that you enjoy and be able to make the mistakes along the way. You, you're never going to start off something and be perfect at it. Never, ever. And so being able to kind of hear some of these mistakes feel like, okay, other people went through this. It's not just my own like 
dumbass basically going through it. Other people go through this, but also if you haven't gone through this yet, be able to go into this with a little bit more knowledge of, yes, there are going to be times where you think you have it all figured out and then you're going to figure out a little bit more. And then you're going to look back at your past and be like, I had nothing figured out. Um, but we made so many stupid mistakes. And so trying to make everything macro friendly and trying to prove to other people what health was, was one of my big mistakes. Um, and then circling back to the reverse dieting part is that I would just go on these diets and then never have a plan for after. And it wasn't until I started learning about competing that I started to understand what a reverse diet is. And now it makes so much sense in my head that when I hear people talk about dieting phases and I ask like, oh, do you have a plan for after? And they're like, no, I, I don't. I'm like, why wouldn't they just reverse diet? And it's like, I, I didn't reverse diet for so many years. I didn't understand the concept. I didn't even understand dieting. I would just immediately bottom my calories. I wouldn't slowly decrease them. I would just bottom them and be able to see the results from there. Um, so I'll, I'll talk about training when they, they talk on training because I know they have a few things to touch on within their training. Um, it, it was very interesting at the time. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, yeah, and I think just to cap off what you said, like, and your point there, it was like maximizing, and I can relate to that, maximizing, kind of having that badge of honor, proving it to the man and, and maximizing the the external without even considering the internal, uh, you know, repercussions of what you were doing. So uh, learn from us. And I, I didn't learn really, I didn't really start learning that till I, I got a coach, honestly, because um, he was educated and he was like, look, I support this, but you you also have to, you know, care about fiber intake. You got to eat some vegetables, man. And I got to see some of this happening or else we're going to have a talk. Um, so, and then when I met my wife, shoot, I was like, I had already turned pro by this point and I, I met my, so I had had success like on the external part of like quote unquote fitness. And, you know, obviously she saw that I was a big proponent of this, like if it fits your macros lifestyle. And she was like, um, don't you think this is kind of dumb? Like you're telling people like that need to be healthier to eat all this, I mean, processed food and junk food and ice cream and pop tarts and, you know, things like that. And like, to me, I was just like, no, this is like the way, <laughs> I mean, look at me, I, I've gotten this far and, <laughs> you know, clients have had success. So like, I don't think you know what you're talking about. And then like the longer it went on, she just kind of like, oh, okay, I think it's dumb, but like, we'll let you have that one. And she's like, well, maybe you're right. Okay. And then she was like, I just don't think that's true. And and the further, I mean, we, as the, the relationship has progressed on, like, it's definitely taken hold of like, you know what? You were absolutely right there. Like, that was crazy to think that this was the way this was, this was how you make people healthier. And this is how you be in, you know, a a positive influence in other people's lives when it comes to their fitness and their health. And so, uh, shout out to my wife on, on challenging me on that at the time and, and me being stubborn and ignorant at the time to, to even consider it. But, uh, moving on and to just, training. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, sorry. Go ahead. Before we go on, 
The only thing I'll say there is it's not bad to eat those foods. I don't want you no, to walk no, no, away no, and be all. like, oh, Sue, Alex, and Austin now only eat vegetables and quote-unquote health foods. That is not the case. We are just taking it to the extreme. Anything in moderation is 99% of the time fine, but taking something to the extreme and never touching a vegetable and never focusing on what makes you feel the best internally and only focusing on that external is where you get into trouble. So just wanted to make sure no one walked away from that thinking, Pop-Tarts are not the devil um, because they still hold a place in our home pantry for sure. Absolutely. And I, I think just there, it's it's not about, you know, you, you, if you're living in an extreme, you probably want to move out. You, you want to live more towards that continuum in the middle. You want to live towards those those kind of the bumper um, within the middle of, of either direction of one extreme. So like the beginning of my preps were nothing but, you know, chicken broccoli and rice and, and, you know, sweet potato and everything else like that we consider to be health. Right. And then I went to the other extreme. I like never. So in the first extreme, I was never, you know, the cliff bar was a cheat meal. And then <clears throat> to the other extreme of where I, I only ate pro, you know, had protein shakes, chicken breasts and pop tarts, essentially an ice cream. I literally put ice cream sandwiches in between pop tarts. And that's, that was like my pre-workout meal. So like <laughs> we're talking that extreme. And then finding finding the middle ground, creating that balance and, and creating your own way of, of figuring this moderation thing out uh, is definitely the way to do it. And, and that's, you know, a large part of, of what we do within our, our coaching and stuff like that. So moving on to training, um, obscene, amount of, obscene amounts of training volume, I think is where I want to start. And Alex, let's, let's kind of dive into how, how much training volume do you think we were doing? And I mean, I would say upwards of 30 sets a week, like yeah, minimum. Yeah. Um, it, it, it was quite ridiculous. I mean, it was, we had seasons where we would train twice a day and that was you know, part of our routine. And then there was also seasons where we would train for three hours in a row. And when we say three hours, I would love to tell you that, you know, half of that was spent talking or what have you, which that actually came after the three hour session and we'd stay there for another hour and a half talking, but we truly would train for close to three hours um, and really just train until we physically couldn't move that muscle group any longer and just keep going from exercise to exercise and, and high repetition allotment and uh, squat and squat and squat some more and, and deadlift some more. And um, it was just, uh, we, our thought process was you can't do enough. So, or you can't do too much. So let's just keep piling it on. And the more that we do, the stronger we're going to get, the more muscle we're going to build. Um, and that thought process was very wrong. <laughs> well, I think, I also think too, I mean, it's definitely a wrong way to think about it. And we've learned that um, not only through education, but through experience. But I would say that we had some positive reinforcement at the time because when yeah. we were going through this, and I think this is an important caveat and note. When we were going through this, we were at the time where newbie gains were still very much a real thing for us. And we were both like going through the heart of puberty. So it was like we were hitting puberty, newbie gains, and giving, you know, sort of giving a shit about it and, and trying really, really hard at it all at the same time. Right. So, I mean, there were times we did sort of gain muscle at a crazy rate, right? And there's some different things that we could attest to those things, but um, based off of kind of how we were training and, and whatever else, but we were getting, you know, crazy strong. We were getting big, 
um, for us, we were getting big and it was like, we were doing this at a, at, at a good rate. And, and so that there was that positive reinforcement at the time, which, you know, kind of plays into, you know, maybe it wasn't entirely wrong at the time. Right. You know, I think it, we've talked about this since, and, and I want you to kind of touch on this if you can, but like ignorance is bliss at a certain, at a certain time. And I think our ignorance in fact was bliss because it, it allowed us, I mean, honestly, it allowed us to become friends and eventually business partners. And it allowed us to dive in head first and like fall in love with this thing. Right. Yeah. I, I think that the ignorance is bliss is, uh, the beauty of fitness, especially at the beginning. Um, there's times where I wish that when we, we fell in love with it, there was not social media because I think that social media accelerates the lack of, of knowledge or the ignorance potentially, um, and, and puts you in front of all these beautiful physiques who have had, you know, 10, 15, 20 years of, of time under their belt. And you're like, holy shit, I just started working out this year. I don't look like them. I'm doing something wrong. Um, and so then you're, it's, it's just a constant comparison battle. Um, so, I mean, for the initial front end of all this, especially for my, for myself, where I truly thought that I was going to look like Jay Cutler, all I had to do was, and for those who are not familiar with the, the bodybuilding space, this is not the Jay Cutler who was the quarterback for the Chicago bears. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't no. aspire to necessarily look like him. Um, the Jay Cutler, who was a Mr. Olympia and everything, and he was he was incredible. Um, but I truly thought that if I used the supplements that he was promoting, which I promise you I used every single one of them, um, and trained like he did, ate like he did, that I was going to look at as he does. Um, and that's not the case, but it was super beneficial for me, one, to get a whole hell of a lot of protein in much more than I needed at 120 or 130 <laughs> pounds. I was probably, I, I was eating more protein than I do now. Um, and, uh, it was helpful to at least get the protein consumption in to train. Of course it was, I mean, just a total excess of volume, but, um, that ignorance was fantastic for that foundational period of really fueling myself, not necessarily, uh, the best way, but still fueling myself comparatively to the individuals at that time that didn't really have, you know, an understanding of protein and things like that. Yeah. And I, I love that because it's something of when we're children uh, we think that we can do anything, we don't understand different limitations. We don't understand, like, or we don't really care about other people's judgment at that time. We're just going and doing whatever we want to do. And at the beginning of all of our fitness journeys, I feel like we found that childlike feeling again, where we just were doing it. We had no idea what we were doing. We had no idea what we should be doing. Um, we didn't have the knowledge and wisdom that we have now, but it was so beneficial at that time to not have that. I like, I can't imagine if I tried, if I was like starting fitness with all the knowledge I have now, cause I feel like I would just like, completely think myself out of any results because I would try to make everything perfect where things aren't going to be perfect. And it's that point of just like starting making the mistakes and then being able to learn from them and get better. But it was so cool to start fitness, have no idea what I was doing whatsoever and like just be so excited about it and be so into it. And I don't regret any of the mistakes. Yes, sometimes I'm like, 
oh, I would have loved if I would have started doing this sooner, or if I would have done this before, if I would have stopped acting like I just needed to uh, consume 1,100 calories a day. I, I wish I would have stopped doing that sooner. But whenever I get into those thought processes, I just think about how much I learned through those experiences. And then also I can't be mad at myself for not doing something with knowledge I didn't have. You don't know what you don't know. And so while we are all going through it, we are just like, man, we're we're awesome. We know exactly what we're doing. We're all going to be Olympians because we're doing exactly what they tell me to do. And we're going to be phenomenal. And that was what allowed us to get to where we are, at least in my eyes. And you guys can touch on that. But having that childlike thought process again was so instrumental in being able to be successful. Because like Alex said, within social media, you get so bogged down with what everyone's telling you what you should do that I have clients come to me that they're like, should I be focusing on intermittent fasting? And how many supplements should I be taking? And I'm like, whoa. Let's go ahead and consistently hit water intake and let's go ahead and consistently hit a protein intake before we start talking about meal timing and supplements and intermittent fasting and all these other things that are the intricacies of fitness. And I didn't know any of those when I started. So all I knew was I got to hit a gallon a day and I got to get in the gym and that's what I got to get done. Um, so that that's kind of my take on it as far as taking that childlike wonder or that child uh, thought process and being able to just go after it without all of these things bogging you down of, no, I should be doing this or that's not perfect. So I love what you said there too. And, and I think like, it's so easy to kind of like scoff at the, at the past, like, ah, oh, you know, what an idiot. Um, but there's so much to that childlike ignorance and, and sort of blissful feeling of falling in love with something. And like, you know, I, I know that's what happened to, to myself. I know that's what happened to all of us. And and when, like when Alex and I started to train together, and ultimately, like that's what if you don't know our past, like that's ultimately what made us. I think it was like twelve. It was like, like after midnight at the gym, um, and I was finishing up like with abs at the end of a session, and he was there with you know he was there by himself or with some friends or something, and finishing up a session or getting into a session probably um, at midnight, but. Uh, he came over and like, you know, obviously I was very familiar with Alex. We went to high school together. We were never friends in high school, but like, obviously I knew who Alex was. We we moved in the same circles through athletics and, and you know, friend groups and whatever else. And we were always kind of like once removed, um, you know, until this moment where he came up and was like, hey, man, because uh, I had gotten into competing, you know, a little before that. I'd already done my first show. Um, and there was definitely obviously like interest in that. And it was like, Hey, what's up? Like, let's, let's try to get a session in. And it's like, all right, let's be here tomorrow at 6am. And it was like, I mean, by the time we were done talking, it was like 1am at this time or one thirty or something. And <laughs> it was nuts. Like, but I think we hit legs in the morning, you know, it was just yeah. like, it was craziness, but the success leaves clues. And there's something to that childlike just bliss and, and falling in love with something like that. And if I could, there's so much success that came from that, that I absolutely like I've been asked uh, previously and like when I think about it, like would I go back and change anything about this journey now that I know what, you know, what I know? And the answer is absolutely not. There's so much perspective that was gained. There's so much there was so much structure and discipline and and just sort of blind love towards something that really was like this positive reinforcement in my life that I saw that I could like 
impact the cause and effect. Like I could put the work in and transform and, and feel better and like build confidence within myself and get stronger and whatever else and make friends and, and eventually create what's was sent like seemingly a business back then, but didn't seem like one. And then it kind of flourished into like what you can start, you know, you can see bits and pieces of that today for sure. It, it, so I absolutely wouldn't change anything. Um, and I'm so glad I went through it the way I did. And I, I really wouldn't change that if I could. So that's why I wanted to kind of touch on or finish up with. Yeah. And, and another thing, and I know this will resonate with some of the listeners is like, um, when we first got started, Austin and I, and I'll let Sue kind of speak on this too, is that, um, we definitely were made fun of. I, that's, (laughs) that is definitely a component where, yeah, we we were made, we were made fun of, we lost friends and, um, I, I, I couldn't pinpoint and tell you exactly like, you know what, now today, the reason that I kept going through while we were being made fun of or what have you is this, like, I, I think that the intrinsic belief and the true love that we had for it was probably the driving force. But if you're listening and you're like, well, my friends are, are giving me a hard time or um, I'm getting made fun of at the gym or what have you, like the majority of those type of situations are issues that that person is having or conflicts that, that the person who's making fun of you is having internally. Um, and so my, my biggest thing for you is that if you are, um, uh, you know, passionate about this and you truly want to take care of your health, like keep pushing forward and, uh, that will subside. I, I mean, I'm sure that there are people who still probably make fun of us to some degree or something, <laughs> but, um, I'm very unfazed, I suppose. And, um, yeah, hey, like if you're running into that as a listener, please, please, please keep pushing through and uh, know that we've all been there as well. Yeah, I, I will say mine was pretty bad when I first got it started in fitness. I was in a part in my life, I, I kind of alluded to it earlier of how I was drinking a lot, I was going out a lot. Um, and so the only friends I had at that time were mostly just party friends. And some of you might understand completely what that concept of a party friend is. Someone that will go out and drink with you and go to parties, but there's no real depth there to that friendship. And there's no real like, like do or die kind of situation that I guess that's not the right phrase, but like you wouldn't do a lot for that person. Yeah. You're not relying on that individual a lot. And it's not someone that you like, maybe you do pour your heart out to them because you're drunk in a frat bathroom, but it's not that you're having real conversations or real depth or that they're true, true friends. Can party friends turn into true friends? Sure. But at that point, not for me. So I had those party friends. And when I decided, like, I don't want to live my life like this anymore, it was a decision that I, I've i talked about before. I have no clue where I got the braveness to turn away from everything that was important in my life at that moment to pursue my future. Because at that time, no one else in my group was doing that. All they cared about was going to the parties and being popular on campus. And that's what I cared about too. And I have no clue what within me like was like, hey, I'm going to completely change my life for the betterment of my future because I wasn't really thinking about my future at that time. But I started doing fitness. I started making YouTube videos. I started like I made a separate Snapchat and a separate Instagram because I was getting made fun of. Um, And it was something that like even my friends, my roommates, girls that I thought were going to be like in my wedding kind of thing, um, would send my YouTube videos and group chats and make fun of me. 
And in an instant, I basically went from having tons of party friends to having no friends. And it was so lonely and it was so hard, but it was something that I realized that at the end of the day, like Alex said, it was very much so based in their own insecurities of what they wanted in their life and weren't going after and very little to do with the fact that I was now interested in fitness because I can tell you any true friends I had at that time shifted with me and were fine as long as I was happy. And I still have some of those friends to this day that like are not interested in fitness, not into it, but just are happy that I'm happy and excited for me. And so that's the biggest thing is that doing something that you're excited about and that you want for yourself is never going to be something that you should be embarrassed about. Human nature is that you will be embarrassed and there's no way sidestepping that. But just know that we were all made fun of for what we did. And even some of those people that had made fun of us or joked with us or kind of questioned why we were doing the fitness thing have now circled back around and even worked with us, which is a, a really cool loop to come around to of just like, hey, we, we've we done something that we're, we're excited about and that we love. And now it's been able to come around full circle. Um, but that that's kind of my take on it, just as far as being made fun of um, and being able to push through despite that, just because I knew it was something that was going to aid positively in my life. Um, but before we end this episode, I don't know what else you guys have to add, but I would just like you guys to go through a full day of what your training and food would look like. I know you've kind of touched on it, but it's like my favorite thing about these two and just Alex's past. And what we'll have to do is have our friend Cody on one time to tell about the summer he spent with Alex um, and what Alex put him through fitness wise. Maybe that'll just be like a bonus 10 minute episode because it Cody is a storyteller through and through. He's probably listening to this. What's up, Cody? Um, and it is just a hilarious story based on and it'll show you the depths of kind of our knowledge at that point. Yeah, um, I would love to have Cody on here. He is quite the storyteller. I think that he should be. I think we've brought this up, but he should be a stand-up comedian, and yes. um, he's going to get a couple cracks on stage before too long. But yeah, <laughs> be good. Yeah, um, yeah. I guess where do we start with uh, with a day of of us? Um, you know, yeah, I, go ahead. Uh, <laughs> so typically, do a, do a day where we had to do like the inflatables, and we also had class or something. That'd probably be like the best example. Yeah. So, um, the day, <laughs> the night before probably ended with a training session that ended probably around 1130 or 12 that also entailed 30, 45 minutes of shooting the shit afterwards, deciding when we were going to train the next day and then figuring out the only time. Okay. We, we know we want to train twice, but the only time we can train is 530 in the morning. And then, okay, we have class from like eight to noon and then, okay, we have, you know, this, this delivery for this, uh, inflatable company we worked for, and that's going to take two hours. And then we know at like, all right, so by five, we'll get home, we'll get home. We can eat, you know, whatever. And then, okay, we'll, we'll train by like seven 30 or eight. We'll get in there. We'll crush it. Um, and then, you know, we'll have, we'll, it'll it kind of starts all over again. But it's it's wild to go back and kind of think about that. But again, it's like one of those things that like success leaves clues. And there was something to falling in love with that that challenge and that that sense of purpose you kind of went into each day with. Like I I know for a fact my sleep was absolute shit back in the day. 
and I literally fell asleep out of pure exhaustion. Not the fact that I had good sleep, but I just like collapsed and like <clears throat> slept for maybe four, four and a half, five hours and like was up and energized and like, dude, let's freaking go. It's today. <laughs> Alex and I are training in an hour. We yeah. got back, like I'm stoked. <laughs> and then, you know, you have a full day of, of class or work ahead of you. And then, but you know, like, your efforts and and you know what comes after that and you know you get to either spend time with your buddy or you get to crush it in a in a training session um and kind of keep pursuing that that thing that you're loving so um we could get into detail about what those sessions look like but you know man um it was it was the first time i mean at that point in my life where we had like such dense structure outside of of athletics and that kind of stuff uh so it was just that we would train into the the wee hours of the morning and then be up again at five o'clock in the morning and when we speak on inflatables we're talking about the inflatables that um you know, you would have in elementary school that are hundreds of pounds and it's literally just the two of us these are like um, industrial grade yeah not walmart these are not walmart inflatables these are industrial grade like <laughs> 500 pound inflatables that you have to like you know, lug around and, and yes. manhandle. Like the so. ones that were at field day, like yeah. going down those huge just slides and just those the two, bounce yeah. houses and the like obstacle courses, those yeah. inflatables. And so we were paid by the job. It wasn't like we were paid by the hour or anything. So being the two competitive beings that we were, we would try to set them up in as fast of time as possible, tear down as fast as possible. So it was like a hit session. I mean, it truly was. We're lifting hundreds of pounds of these inflatables running, I mean, between setting them up to getting them from the the trailer and, and getting them all put together. Um, and then from there, we would either go and train directly after doing all that, which is so dumb. <laughs> or we would go to class. And at that point, we had already like we had eaten, you know, early in the morning, we had set up the inflatables, maybe had gone and trained again. Um, and then ate again, then gone to class. Um, and then by the time we were done with class, came home, and then we would go for our second training session at that point, uh, from time to time. And uh, I mean, and the the crazy part is, is that Austin was talking about the the pop tarts with the uh, the skinny cow um, ice cream sandwiches because they oh, were yeah. healthy. Um, <laughs> they were they were lower fat than you know they some were of the lower other ice cream sandwiches. So that makes it better. Lower you calorie. Can eat more of them. Yeah, right. <laughs> and so we would have those uh, you know before the training sessions, and then you know the evening training session was our longer one than the morning, and we would just train for a couple of hours depending on what the session would be. Oftentimes it was really we would we had progressions in place within our training at that point it was definitely different than what we look at now but in that time frame we really were just using the logbook and trying to one compete with one another as well as competing with the logbook um and oftentimes those competitions led to um (laughs) much more volume than what was on the sheet more so Oh my God. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we would start with the training session, but it definitely always got off topic because we would, you know, get into competitions of sorts or, um, you know, get hooked on an exercise and been like, you know, let's just stay here and just pump these out and then we'll move <laughs> on. Um, but yeah, I mean, that was literally every day for, I mean, that was a summer that we, we had and, um, we were in an accelerated anatomy course, I think is, you know, that reference point, I think is what we were in, or maybe it was an accelerated chemistry or something like that. Um, I think it was anatomy, but yeah. And, uh, weren't you also obsessed with like walking lunges at the time and you had to do like a certain amount of hit after your training? That was for one of Austin's preps. 
mm-hmm. is that we did that. Oh, the lunges around the track. Yes, we would do 400 meters of lunges every morning. That right? was a Corey was Gregory either, thing. So I was a big was fan a of- Gregory thing. I was yes. a big fan of Corey Gregory. And he, um, the guy who used to, uh, is the founder of Muscle Farm, correct? I don't know what he's doing now, but yeah. Yeah, I don't know what he's doing now, but I, I think, it, and so um, Muscle Farm's kind of came and gone, but as far as it used to be a supplement brand, and, and I just like Corey Gregory and his mindset. Um, and as far as his discipline and structure and stuff, but yeah, we would do these lunges, these 400 meter, 800 meter meters of lunges. And then we would do, um, I mean, and then we would do, we would show up after our training session, the evening training session, we'd go to the track at the high school and then we would do like 10 hundred meter sprints and, you know, so it's, I look back and it's like, we looked insane. Like we looked unreal and muscular shredded lean and we could eat whatever we wanted. And it's like, I think about that now and I'm like, dude, no shit. Like if <laughs> I, I collapse in fatigue, I feel like if I did that now. That's um, what I was just about to say. Well, you guys should go and bombard Alex and Austin's Instagram and comment that you guys should redo a oh, day from your no. past. We'll record it and put it on YouTube. It'll be great. They'll both be throwing up halfway through the I day. Would, I would be walking on those sprints. Honest to God, <laughs> like, let's, I think we should definitely do it. It'd be hilarious. Um, I can't imagine doing more than like maybe 500 yard sprints and we were doing like 10 or 15 every night. I'm going to go to an old YouTube video. I'm going to put together everything you did in a day and eight and you're going to do it again. That would be so horrible. It's going to be great. I, I think we should definitely do it. Um, and I, I mean, this persisted for a year. Like, I know that was a summer that we're talking about, but this persisted for years. Um, you know, I, I remember even, I mean, I was about to graduate college university and and this was like, this was probably like two and a half, three years into this journey of us doing this. And I remember I was up for 48 straight hours and from, from working. So like I worked at the, at the time I worked at a hospital under a dietitian, and all I did at work basically was deliver food to these, the patient's room. So I probably was taking 20 to 25,000 steps in a day, walking all around this hospital campus, delivering food. And I remember it was around the holidays. It was around Christmas. You were in town from uh, college at the time. This is before you transferred. And, uh, we had a maxed out session. We had de- like a deadlift. We had, we were maxing out on the deadlift. And I remember I had just gotten off a long shift. I didn't, I didn't end up like going to sleep. So I was already up for a while. And then I didn't end up going to sleep that night because you were going to get in around 1 a.m. or something. Yeah. And by the time I remember like we both hit PRs, it was like 2 to 2.30 in the morning. We both hit PRs on the deadlift. Um, and then I remember by the time we were done with that session, it was probably like three thirty, four in the morning. I had to be at work at six the mm-hmm. next day. And so I just stayed up and pushed through. And then that, like that night was like Christmas Eve. So then I went with like to visit my family. I, I remember the feeling of bliss getting into my bed after like 48 hours of just like, God knows, like lifting and Eating work and like, up. yeah, just crushing myself. Um, and I remember getting into bed after that and it was just like, man, what a good night's sleep that was. But um, (laughs) yeah, I mean, this this stuff persisted for years. And again, like it's one of those things where 
it's not all it's not all lost because there's so much gained in that time um that still persists i think to this day of, of things that we don't even consider or think about anymore but i definitely think we should redo it yeah. at least one yeah day. And I do have I have one last good story for you guys as this was uh, this is referring to Austin's um, first pro show. He did the the Dallas Europa and um, we took <laughs> on we took on that prep our, ourselves. I, I don't think you had a coach at the time. No, no, no. That, yeah, we it did was that just ourselves. The two of us. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, within that, uh, I mean, <laughs> the protocols that we put into place were. I love it. Um, just insane it was a a whole hell of a lot of cardio you got to eat a a shitload because we were so painfully active and i think that austin you may have been still in your internship at the hospital at that point yeah no oh yeah i don't remember i think i I was yeah i think you were and so he was still doing what he was talking about the the 20 steps every day plus we were doing cardio in the morning cardio in the evening after training sessions you know class yeah um we were training six days a week like that's why austin was able to eat as much as he did because activity was all day like there was no really downtime um and on peak week um on peak week we were insanely busy i think that austin had to the night before we were supposed to fly out on Thursday, or, yeah, Thursday, um, Austin had to stay up because, uh, well, no, we, we trained at night. Is that mm-hmm. correct? Maybe we had trained so, and you yeah. got, we got home super late. You got home super late. You didn't have your meals prepped. And so you stayed up to prep even, you prepped them longer, essentially. So I think we trained until about one o'clock in the morning. Austin gets home and is like, shit, I don't have any of my meals ready for us to leave for Dallas tomorrow morning at like 9 a.m. And so, um, he ends up baking the chicken that night and, uh, gets them out to let them cool. And guess what? He leaves them sitting out all night. And so he doesn't realize this until I get to his house and we have to leave in like maybe 15 minutes for the airport. And he's like, dude, I left this chicken out all night. Do you think it's bad? I'm like, hell yes. That chicken is bad. He was like, well, I don't really have any other option. I'm like, I, we've, you're not eating that chicken. And he was like, that's all I've got. And both of us at that time had very little to no money whatsoever. So he was like, I can't waste it. So he packs it and he eats that chicken all the next day leading into the show. And then on show day, eats that chicken. So this motherfucker got on stage with salmonella. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> didn't get sick though. It was no. one of his best looks ever. I will, I will agree with that. Um, I have no idea what happened to that chicken, um, but yeah, he left it out all night, and we were, we were certain that that chicken was bad, but we couldn't waste it, and so we both ate the chicken. Actually, now that I'm thinking about it more, yeah, you um, open the container, I'm like, does this smell funky to you? <laughs> and it's like, oh yeah, it's like, oh, okay, pop <laughs> it in the microwave. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, now. One last quick story. They used to go to the supermarket and get these turkey burgers. And they thought it was just like pure protein. Like they would track it as like no fat and like whatever amount of protein they thought it was. And they would eat like two or three of them uh, a day. And later to find out that they were like infused with mayonnaise. Oh, so much mayonnaise. So they, they were good. Were, like, <laughs> they were so, they were fire. I yeah. were yeah, so they were tracking them as zero fat. Yeah, I think it was I think it was on Tuesdays or something. It was mm-hmm. they were like half off. A fresh and market. We would, yeah. yeah, fresh market. They were they were half off. 
and uh, we would go and get them because of the price change. And that was our protein source for that whole day. Basically, we would have yeah. three, two, three, four of those patties, and we would track them as you know whatever the the base would be for turkey. I mean, it was yeah. negligible compared like to what it actually was. Free turkey, right? Yeah. Like the Not super that. lean one. Yeah. And we were like, man, I don't know how they get this to taste so good. It's so much different than the turkey we make. <laughs> and oh come to find out, there's like peppers inside. There's a bunch of mayonnaise. Um, I don't even. Remember really like mayonnaise that much but inside that turkey um <laughs> that mayonnaise is amazing yeah. um but yeah so we were super duper off one day a week for the entire prep for both of us by like a, a lot of calories probably. yeah didn't matter so to, to wrap matter. this up what you can learn from this is first everybody makes mistakes everybody has those days hannah montana had it correct in that um but also that if you have a crazy belief in yourself that a lot can happen. Yeah. I mean, despite all of the mistakes. And that was just, I mean, the tip of the iceberg for mistakes that we made in our fitness journey, we still prevailed. So please do not get caught up in any mistakes that you make and get down on yourself and feel like you failed. Because if that was the case, then we would not be here today to tell the, tell the tale. Um, so if you believe in yourself and you have that, meant, like we talk about with our clients a lot, mentality goes a lot into the results that you see. You're physical results, your internal results, all of that. And all of us had this crazy belief that we were doing everything right and we had figured it out. And with that, like Austin, Austin, if he was that sleep deprived at this point, there's no way in hell he would hit a deadlift PR. But he had such belief in himself and was so competitive with Alex as well that they would go in there at 3 a.m. and deadlift for like Sometimes their sessions would just be deadlifts for three hours. And they didn't mention that. But sometimes they really would be just deadlifting for two to three hours. And there's no way that they could do that now because or of desire or to desire. Do that. To. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it makes me tired they, thinking about it. <laughs> I know. They know better. And also they just like, I mean, not that you guys don't believe in yourself, but it's something that like at that point, that was all they believed in. And it still happened despite all of the things and the reasons that it wouldn't happen now. Um, so just know that everybody makes mistakes and you should definitely believe in yourself and have this in like crazy amount of belief that you can accomplish what you need to because it allowed us to all get to where we are and accomplish a lot. So um I had, that'll wrap up this episode. What I am going to do is put a Google form in the physique development Instagram. Um, so any topics that you guys have, and we'll have a spot to have your Instagram name or your name so we can mention you on air. Um, we want to make sure that we're getting to your questions because a lot of the questions we've pulled from are from clients or from people DMing us on Instagram. So we want to just have that open forum. If you're like, hey, I'd love you to, to go deeper on a topic you've already covered or being able to go over a topic or a specific specificity for you. Um, so that'll be a form in the physique development bio that you can go and check out. But that's what we have for you on dumb mistakes that we made starting our fitness journey. There you have it. I, I guess in the next one, we'll touch on Michael Scott's 10 rules of business, but um, yeah. or his book, somehow I manage, you know, either one. I think that's more yet to publish. sold than the Bible. <laughs> that's right. I'm not surprised. <laughs> not surprised. <laughs> See you guys. Hey guys, Austin here. Thank you again for listening into the episode. It means a lot. If you can, please head over to Apple Podcasts and leave the podcast a five-star review. This does help us grow and be found by others. Also, just wanted to mention, if you guys are interested in free education based around training and nutrition, be sure to check out physiquedevelopment.com 
backslash free education, where you will find free downloads, videos, articles, etc. No strings attached. Again, thank you. Chat soon.